0: This is One Hate Minute.
1: Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll.
0: What's your name? Wayne Grove.
1: You look like gang bangers, working the local 7-Eleven You? Robbery, homicides, take out, Give me
0: all you got! Listen, and- give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Heat Minute. I'm your host Blake Howard, and joining me for a very, um, a very pertinent minute of Michael Mann's 1995 crime opus Heat, the 143rd minute is Sarah Bartlett. Sarah Bartlett is the suicide prevention project lead for every mind and mind frame and the leader of mind frame and i wanted to get sarah on the show in this specific minute because unlike other minutes of the show and for those of you who are listening for the first time welcome and long-time listeners of the show we are going to unpack and discuss the topic of suicide as it is portrayed in this movie so if you do um, if you do uh, want to uh, forego listening the rest of the episode please do but if you um, are going to stick it out please know that Sarah um, is on hand to provide some resources and information around um, how you can um, how you can reach out and contact if you if you're feeling like these feelings are resonating with you in a particular way and and you and you feel like you need any help whatsoever um, she's here. So, just before we kick off the whole episode proper, um, this is not going to be a regular episode of One Heat Minute. I thought that with, you know, 24 years um, of of hindsight, essentially, um, of us being able to reflect uh, on this movie, uh, it was a great opportunity to get an expert in around suicide prevention to talk about portrayals of suicide uh, in in heat in this movie, um, and just in general, and and some of our more, uh, uh, you know... uh, refined and sophisticated um, uh, ways that we approach uh, suicide portrayal in cinema and and some of the problematic portrayals um, that can happen and uh, you know the luxury of hindsight in that so I just want to say a very extend a very warm welcome um, to you know one of one of one of the key one of the key experts one of the um, uh, uh, rare experts in the field we've had an Australian federal police detective and now we've got an official suicide prevention project lead on the show Sarah Bartlett welcome very much to one heat minute
1: Thank you, Blake. Thanks for having me on the podcast today.
0: Uh, Okay, guys, we're going to dive into a conversation with Sarah, but you guys are going to listen along to the minute just now, as we do every time on the show, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Sarah, there it is.
1: Yes. That's the scene.
0: That's the scene. So, could you, uh, I might let you start. This is a bit of a strange request coming from a guy doing a podcast about a 24-year-old American film. Um, that reached mm. out to you to discuss this. Um, could you, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about Every Mind and then we can start discussing the scene at hand. I think that might 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 help folks who are listening along on the show.
1: Sure. Um, So EveryMind is a leading national institute dedicated to the prevention of mental ill health and suicide. Um, We're based up in Newcastle, um, but we operate nationally. um, So working right across Australia with a wide range of um, sectors to help support the prevention of suicide. Um, So EveryMind's program, MindFrame, um, which is obviously uh, the project program that I'm leading, um, has a real role to play in suicide prevention. Uh, Mindframe's funded by the Department of Health um, and supports safe media reporting and portrayal and communication about suicide, mental ill health, and most recently, alcohol and other drugs. Um, so I would say, before we get into um, you know talking more about the scene, um, and in particular, um, portrayed in the film, I would say um, that obviously... Um, Suicide is in, in real life is a very complex issue. Um, it's highly unlikely to be the outcome of one single cause or factor um, and it's a very prominent public health issue. So in Australia, we um, each year we work with the Australian Bureau of Statistics around the causes of death data which includes suicide data and so we've got statistics around... Um, the data rates across um, across Australia. So if I can just touch on this briefly to provide a bit of a context for our listeners. Please do. Over a five-year period from 2013 to 2017, um, the average number of suicide deaths per year in Australia was 2,918. So in 2017, um, our preliminary data showed a total of 3,000 128 deaths by suicide Um, and this was broken down with by um, 2,348 deaths by males um, and 780 deaths um, with females so this equates to an average of 8.5 deaths by suicide in australia each day wow so it is it is a very significant issue it's extremely complex Um, and there's some really strong evidence, I guess, to support um, the approach that we take to communicating about suicide to ensure that we don't um, impact vulnerable uh, viewers or um, audiences, Um, and that's part of the work that Mindframe um, undertakes across, across Australia. So for Mindframe, we've been operating in Australia for about 20 years. Um, and we've been working with stage and screen professionals really to focus on having authentic and original portrayals of the issue um, that are sensitive and accurate. So not perpetuating myths or stereotypes yes. or, um, or false um, understandings of the issue. We're really about educating um, our Australian audiences um, to be able to understand the complexity of suicide and also to support themselves and those around them that might be um, having a difficult time and maybe needing to reach out for some support. Um, So getting back to portrayals of suicide uh, in the entertainment media, we know that um, dramatised portrayals can have a real impact on vulnerable audiences, um, which can lead to perpetuation of stigma. which we know that will stop people from actually reaching out and seeking help when they need it. Um, So we've actually got some really strong evidence um, in Australia um, and and internationally to support um, the approach that we take. So... Mindframe has been working with Professor Jane Perkis and her team at Melbourne University um, in 2010 and again just recently last year, 2018, to have a look at um, the evidence around suicide and the entertainment media, and in particular portrayals of suicide across film, television, music and plays. Um, So these critical reviews, which are available on Mindframe's website, um, have identified fifty four studies on suicide portrayals in film, television, music, and plays. And what these studies looked at was to assess whether there is a causal link between entertainment and media portrayals of suicide and actual suicide behaviour and thoughts. So what this uh, the critical review found was that more than half of the studies identified, suggested that there was actually evidence of harmful imitation of the effect of the suicide portrayals on vulnerable audiences. Yes. So I guess we we know from the evidence that there is a link. Um, And so really what we're trying to obviously do is reduce impact and risk. Um, So for the entertainment media, Mindframe recommends that they be cautious around portraying suicide. And in particular, being mindful of um, not glorifying or romanticizing the act of suicide or the act of a suicide attempt. Yes. Um, And most importantly, um, to avoid detail of method, um, which we know when method is provided, um, means and method, uh, it can have a huge risk on vulnerable people, particularly those who um, are experiencing suicidal ideation or perhaps have had a past suicide attempt or have lost someone to suicide. Um, so that that's a bit about the evidence base and the context around the work of every mind, mind frame, and in particular, um, the evidence around the approach to supporting safe, sensitive um, and authentic portrayals of suicide.
0: And we saw, just, just to bring it to a completely different um, uh, text at the moment, we saw, you know, and I think this is where my preliminary awareness of uh, things like Mindframe came up was um, the recent Netflix series um, in the last Mm -hmm. couple of years, 13 Reasons Why. So, that was a, a text that was highly criticized at the time because of a lack of sensitivity and things like that. And I think, you know... I was potentially led down the path of people such as yourself, Sarah. Um, you know, looking into that, and then and then most recently, obviously, uh, with um, a star is born. The most recent a star is born mm. with um, uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, um, and 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 some really interesting uh, pieces and discussions around sort of, uh, particularly in our region, you know, New Zealand's approach to um, more specific warnings and guidelines, and and discussions across you know English uh, language countries like Australia and America and the UK around you know what is what our responsibility is um, based on the studies that you were discussing um, around you know if if a film is to portray it you know how do we warn people how do we be safe and 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 very much to your point around you know um, method and means um, being very sort of careful. Um, on yeah. those sorts of things and, and, and it goes back as when you were talking it's really interesting I'm like what's the most you know glorifying uh, uh, scene in plays I hadn't thought about it it's like Romeo and Juliet talk about the, quintesse- talk like- about the quintessential yeah. uh, you, you said that and I hadn't, it did not even register in my mind I'm like that is the most glorified uh, act uh, of love you know love as expression of suicide I think yeah. in, in the history of literature perhaps I'm sorry to laugh yeah. about it but I just it hadn't even triggered no. to me until this moment
1: Absolutely. So I think, you know, I think to touch on your point about um, where we've, you know, the evolution, I guess, of portrayals of, of these issues, I would say, and you know what's been emerging most recently with um, international streaming services. So there's a few things just to touch on there is that obviously these the way in which Netflix and other um, streaming services operate, they actually purchase their content um, once it 's been developed that's that 's my understanding, so what we really need to be doing is actually working in with script writers and producers um, before before the um, the content's obviously finally produced and purchased and and being made live to audiences so um, and that 's something we 've been doing here in Australia for the last twenty years. We actually have been running. Um, script writing um, and and, and uh, workshops with producers to actually unpack some of the scenes and and the approaches that they're taking to to showcasing these these issues and um, and and the character development. So yes. that's something that you know we've been doing here in Australia, but obviously across the world, there's very different standards in. Um, communication portrayals and reporting of suicide, Uh, what I would say to the credit of Australia is that we have been acknowledged um, by the World Health Organization as having the gold standard um, guidelines here in Australia around um, these issues. So I guess really the challenge is that we need to be working with our international counterparts, those who are producing series such as 13 Reasons Why and um, big, big um, box office productions such as um, A Star Is Born to really help um, work with them to help break down the evidence, apply it, um, and apply these principles that we know work around keeping people safe um, and that not at risk of harm.
0: Well, this is a fascinating topic, and, and and I'm so glad that I get to talk to you about this topic in this film. So could you know could you cast your eyes back now? to to 1995, you know, uh, obviously about four years before things really kicked off in Australia, which is still still staggering that we were, you know, um, on the cutting edge of of this sort of um, review and understanding of this uh, this phenomena. Um, But cast your eyes back to 1995, this scene with a young Natalie Portman, this film by Michael Mann, and can you talk a little bit about you know uh, um, uh, some some of the things that you know let's hypothetically say we you look at this scene and what hindsight would say to 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 approach it differently how hindsight would approach it differently
1: yeah no i think i think first and foremost i mean we need to um be mindful that you know it was good that they were trying to raise the issue and um and have a conversation about suicide in 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 the first instance but obviously um hindsight tells us and what we know from the evidence that we could have done it in a, a lot uh, more of a safer manner um, and reduce risk. So I guess my reflections really um, are around the actual dramatisation of the attempt. Yes. So if you're thinking about and, and looking at that and listening to that dark, gloomy, dramatic music, that, that is very, very intense. Obviously, um, for anybody uh, watching that, um, you know, that that really, really... Um, leans on people's emotions and perhaps people, you know, are really um, delving into the, this this scene and, and um, perhaps not prepared for what they're about to see. Um, so I guess that the sound, the dark, gloomy um, um, scene, it, it could be glorifying, it could be romanticising, it could be frightening for people with a lived experience or perhaps those that aren't travelling so well at the moment. Um, I would also say, obviously, in the scene, without going into explicit detail, it does show the method. Yes. Um, while it's not showing it occurring, um, it does show and identify what has occurred, which again, you know, if we were to turn our attention to where we're at now with our guidelines, we would be actually really encouraging um, scriptwriters and producers to not have that sort of seen that that level of explicit detail um portrayed in that in that way um instead we'd be working with them to really unpack the importance of having um the scene in the first place and and if it was important to be portrayed portrayed how we might do it in a way that's safe um, and not going to put potential vulnerable audiences at risk
0: yeah and Um, and i think you know to to your point it's the uh uh, you know, if the scene needs to happen, and and the discovery needs to happen, and 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 you know, Vincent Hanna as a character needs to save Lauren in the in 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 the importance of the script and in the momentum. It's like, well, then how can you know how can the entire scene take place from outside the door? You know, how can the entire yeah. scene take place where we are hearing things? and obviously mm. it's still gloomy it's still intense but potentially you know yep. it's how do we see how do we how do we hear and imagine the entire scene unfolding if that is the necessity of that and then and, and, and take out some of those more visceral and, um, and and potentially you know problematic portrayals of method and means in, in, in that case
1: absolutely and I think you know and also obviously the use of the music the lighting yeah. the setting you know all of those considerations absolutely. that you know
0: obviously can it's, make it's played a- for intensity like yeah let's absolutely. before B- before we even get to the, before we even get to the scene, the room is dark. It's dank. It's essentially lit by city lights and what looks like some kind of emergency lighting. The light is red tinged. Um, then we get into the stark light, which almost looks like a hospital operating theatre. Um, the music is, uh, you know, the the um, the the music is actually uh, Elliot Elliot Goldenfall is the person who um, who who did the the score for Michael Mann's 1995 movie. But I'm just um, jumping back in because i have the the specific name of the, the the tracks there um these ones are by lisa gerard and um, she's a, a frequent collaborator with michael mann it does these sort of very atmospheric and choral songs um that ha- take place in the insider as well for different reasons but yeah to your point it's prior to even entering the scene there is the the atmosphere of something really dark has happened and as to your point um, it's like if, if it's essential to tell this You know, on reflection, if we're telling this story 20 years later and 24 years later, we're remaking it for either television or cinema, um, we're taking some of these additional things into account.
1: Absolutely. Um, And I think, you know, I think outside of this scene, you know, if you reflect on the movie more broadly, um, you know... Is it an accurate portrayal of, of people 's experience of suicide? Is it an accurate portrayal of the family 's emotions we don 't know it 's a very um, suicide is a very unique, highly complex experience um, so I guess the other thing is that we need to be mindful about portrayals that might perpetuate people 's myths or misunderstandings about the act of suicide and its impact. so I guess yes. um, you know that 's part of the reason why we really encourage um, scriptwriters and producers to engage with us and most importantly engage with the experts that, that really have a better understanding of, of suicide. I'm talking about clinicians or those that you know are experts in particular fields such as youth suicide um, mm. to really help unpack some of those particular um, aspects that are you know um, particular to a type of age group or um, you know experience. So I guess it's a very simplistic scene um, it 's very dark and gloomy um, and I guess the other point to make is that um, on the whole you know there's there's a lack of um, support for viewers so obviously in um, in two thousand and nineteen we now have a a real presence of content warnings so people yes. know what they're in for. They know they can make a, a choice whether or not to engage with content, whereas obviously back in 1995... This is just getting slapped,
0: slapped with an M rating yes, in Australia, um, which I believe right. is... In, um, uh, which might be PG-13 in the United States, I think is the essential equivalent, mm. but yep, so uh, as long yep. as you're above, you're, you're not getting any explicit warnings of content until it's a slightly higher rating.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, you know you make an interesting point there around clinicians and um, you know the entire character arc because, like you said, it's a deeply complex issue, so if we're yep. framing a character um, if we're framing a character throughout the picture who a young a young woman who you know is portrayed to have sort of deep anxiety and is you know feeling a sense of abandonment even outside of the essential you know this essential scene it's 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 perhaps then you know if if you know that the end game potentially is going to be this this portrayal. it's like maybe maybe fact checking and and pressure testing every element of that leading up to it you know what what are we what stereotypes are we portraying around her character how she's feeling the different things that are occurring on in her life and then making this the the conclusion if we like of this character yeah. you know um, yeah. uh, and fact checking some of those other things so like you said it's not just not just the portrayal of the act it's actually the lead up and then you got you, you know you your work with Mindframe and scriptwriters is like does it, is it, if it is essential um, what else are you, how else are you contextualizing that this was the outcome
1: mm, absolutely um so i guess you know there's quite a few things that we can do to make sure that it's you know authentic and accurate and, and um yeah really working with um scriptwriters in a way so that they can understand the risk factors um, and, and and that involves, as as we were talking before, bringing in appropriate experts, and that's something MindFrame does here in Australia because we're connected with everybody working in the suicide prevention sector. So, I guess if we if hindsight was to come into play and we had an opportunity to remake this film, um, we'd be really looking to bring in um, the key youth support um, agencies across Australia, so Kids Helpline. Headspace, reach out, that have clinicians that really understand and can speak to the complexities of suicide attempts, self-harm for young people, and help actually inform these portrayals to make sure that they're safe. Um, but obviously, I guess, going back to my point earlier, is that we probably, you know, if it was something to be produced here in Australia, we wouldn't have a scene such as what was portrayed in Heat.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a completely different... Um and and you can sort of from a pure narrative and shock perspective you know it's a completely shocking scene it's made for that but i guess you know with 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 25 years worth of hindsight and a little bit more developed understanding of the impacts it's like you know can you have as a, as an effective scene portraying this um that that completely doesn't show that is um less explicit obviously yeah so like i think in in films even around this time you know uh, to to talk uh, completely off topic is like uh quentin tarantino was sort of lauded as an uh, as a director for reservoir dogs for portraying a really horrendous act of violence that happens off screen and he forces you to imagine it you know a few years earlier (laughs) and so in 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 this scene if you do have to have it again taking that away from the viewer look sarah i think um uh, i think i think that's you know th- this has been a great conversation for me and it's a it's a very interesting topic of conversation for all the i know there's a stack of writers and writers around uh who 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 write about cinema culture writers who listen to the show um and and definitely who people who are emerging script writers you know this is something if you're in australia or you're around you know, make it part of your research um, uh, to to sort of engage with these uh, these these teams, these these companies, these uh, these services like MindFrame. To you know, to if 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 you feel like you have to have it, it's a great collaborative approach to to get these guys on board. Sarah, do you want to just uh, give a shout out for folks, anyone who is having any troubles? I'd really like to use this moment in time with Sarah to sort of shout out some of the resources that are out there.
1: Yes, yeah, thanks. Thanks um Blake um and thank you to everyone for listening in. If you are um stressed by any of the conversation that we've just had or if any of the issues resonate with you, um please reach out for support. So you've got Lifeline on 13 11 14. Um for any young people listening in, um please reach out if if you'd want to to Headspace. Um 1 800 650 8900 or you can go to the Headspace website. Um, and I guess I just wanted to close by saying thank you, Blake, for having me on the show. Um, and, um, yeah, as, as you said before, um, Mindframe's here for anybody producing um, content or wants to have a conversation about, you know, safe um, media portrayals of, of suicide and mental ill health. Um, please reach out. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Look, guys, um, huge thank you again. I just want to say a huge thank you to Sarah Bartlett from MindFrame um, and, and Every Mind. Uh, it's been an honour to have you on the show, and uh, and I think that um, one of the one of the things that I can take pride in in this show is that you know we're we're reflecting on a piece of art, um, but I think we you know. The, the benefit that we have is, you know, 25 years worth of more sophisticated approaches to to content to be able to have these conversations. So I'm, you know, really deeply honoured that you uh, agreed to be part of the show. So thank you, folks. Thank you for listening. Um, I will make sure that in our One Hit Minute website, um, when I put this up, I'll, I'll post some links and some contact details um, for for Sarah and for those other places she spoke about Lifeline and Headspace um, uh, for for anyone who needs any assistance uh, in that regard. Um, I just want to say. Uh, thank you, Garth Franklin, for our web design. Mr. Paul Davies for our theme. Thank you again, Sarah. And uh, and uh, um, we'll catch you on another episode of One Heat Minute, just around the corner.